To the Athletic Business Podcast. I'm Jason Scott. I'm Andy Berg. And today on the show, we're speaking with Stacy Hall. She's the Executive Director of Student Engagement and Development at the University of New Hampshire. Uh, Andy, what did you and Stacy discuss for today's episode? Yeah, so we had a really interesting discussion about how the University of New Hampshire is responding to the current COVID 19 crisis. Um, mm-hmm. Stacy, in particular, is part of uh, running the rec center there, the Hamill Rec Center, and they are currently in the process of readying that facility to take overflow from the local hospitals. Um, So Mm -hmm. we really kind of talked about the challenges there, and um, I have to say it was a stark, if bleak, uh, conversation. Yeah. Yeah, having listened to it, I mean, it's a little bit interesting, you know, like we've we as an industry are all kind of uh, responding in different ways to this. But one of the ways that I think collegiate recreation has been particularly affected and maybe, you know, like they've, they've had some, um, some reps at this uh, early. I mean, different, uh, different yeah. facilities of country have had, uh, have been called on in the past um, with uh, other crises, but most of those have been centered around things like weather events, uh, right. hurricanes and whatnot. Um but when you, we're talking about a public health uh, outbreak and a crisis, um, that's a whole different kind of response. And, and you and Stacy get into that in today's conversation. Yeah, and I should say, I mean, if, if any of our listeners are in college rec, they're going to want to listen to this. Um, it's also interesting just from a standpoint of anybody who is experiencing or it might be in lockdown or quarantine or um, any of the measures that are being taken right now. Um it's it's worth the listen. Yeah, and real quick, uh, right before we get to the interview, I, I did want to mention that the audio quality is not great. Um, you know, hopefully you guys can bear with us. We are all kind of working from home, working with some tools that were not, um, you know, originally designed for podcast quality audio. But it's a worthwhile conversation, uh, and uh, we'll we'll get right to that after the break. Athletic Business Magazine is a trade publication that 40,000 athletics, fitness, and recreation professionals rely on to find the tips, trends, and products they need to be successful. Want to join? Head on over to athleticbusiness.com slash subscribe to get started or renew your free subscription. This whole whole work from home thing has got everything a little upended, and uh, so we're trying a whole bunch of new things. (laughs) Um, thank you for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm glad you're interested in it. It's been good to get some visibility on this because many other schools are having similar requests to change their building. So it's nice yeah. to share some learnings. All right. So, um, thank, thank you so much for joining me. Um, can you just talk me through just sort of how generally the University of New Hampshire has been dealing right now and just sort of how how things progressed? So it was early March that our campus-wide university uh, emergency preparedness group got together, and this is a group that exists and gets together to address any type of emergency that might come to our campus. And we started meeting 
in early March, trying to anticipate what might happen. And the earlier conversations were really dusting off some of the existing plans we had in place, such as the inoculation plan if that we could use as a potential testing site, uh, what would be some options for quarantine, and what might be some options facility-wise for uh, isolation. And so as we talked through those different scenarios, we modified plans that were already in place to see what might what facilities might work. Uh, obviously, with this crisis, we're dealing with a lot more testing that happens outdoors, whereas our plans are actually written for indoors. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and then so take me through the process of converting the Hamill Rec Center into a kind of makeshift overflow facility. So what I found interesting about this is that in the past, many rec centers have been used as evacuation sites, which have a lot of different requirements than providing support for a hospital surge, which is kind of overflow for hospitals. Sure. So sure. in this case, or it, with an evacuation, you can put cots up and you're okay with folks congregating together and using the facilities in different ways. But when you're shifting to a hospital, in that case, it's actually the hospitals that have the lead role with this as opposed to the university. So it's the hospitals that need to come together and come forward and say, this is what our needs are. And what was unique about the new UNH uh, site is that it's, we're supporting four different hospitals, and those hospitals don't work together. Like they're very, they're actually competitors against each other. So okay. to get them in a room to say, hey, here's what our need is, actually took two days of them talking through different scenarios and then how could this building be used to support the needs that they foresee happening. And okay. I've been at some of the other institutions that are affiliated with just one local hospital, that process is a lot smoother because the hospital comes in and says, here's our emergency plan. Can this facility help meet our needs? Uh-huh. Uh, and my understanding is that the National Guard was actually involved as well, sort of helping yeah, implement this? the National this. Guard, absolutely, and they were really great to work with. They had the lead in pulling us all together. So it was the National Guard that facilitated many of the first several days of meetings of all the hospital representatives, the campus representatives, fire department, uh, police departments, plural, uh, ambulance, like all the different entities together and sure. facilitate, even though they are not the ones necessarily in charge. Uh, so, And then they provided a ton of manpower because this was confidential for several days as the setup took place. So it was the National Guard folks that actually came in and did a bulk of the physical labor as wow. well. Great. Yeah. Um, so any any words of advice for other institutions that might be called on to convert their rec centers? So some things that were here, again, different compared to having an evacuation site is we spent quite a bit of time, and part of it actually I guess would be in reaction to the current crisis, is is airflow in the building. So we okay. changed different airflow. Um, this site, what some facilities might be get turned into is 
an alternative care site, which originally UNH was heading in that direction, but then we switched to an alternative transition site. And the difference means the transition site is for patients who have been essentially almost discharged from the hospital to make hospital <laughs> space available for more sick individuals. And so okay. we've designated one side of the building to be for COVID and one for non-COVID. And so we didn't want the airflow from the COVID group into the non-COVID group. And so we totally have been testing out different ways, different settings on the HVAC. Um, We've had to change settings with lighting. And and also coming up with how do you want the, like, food to be delivered? How can we keep that, that staff safe? Uh, who's going to be doing the housekeeping and the facility maintenance because none of our staff is trained to keep themselves safe in that type of environment. So our staff is now training those that are used to working in a hospital environment to make sure that all of that is safe. Um, so it's it's a lot of logistics and a lot of decision-making, and it's, and it's different than the plans that we had on the shelf um, for that purpose. Sure. So, who who are the uh, do you have volunteers, or who who are the bulk of the people doing the work in the center right now? So we haven't activated the center yet, but there is a central statewide website that volunteers can, or actually have to, submit an application to to say, "Hey, I'm uh, I bring this background, and I'd like to help out at one of the centers in the state." So it's a centralized place that then the hospitals can vet those folks, check credentials, backgrounds, those types of things, and then getting assigned to work actually in the facility. Okay. Do you have any idea when or if uh, the center will be activated? Well, it's one of the first projects I've ever worked really hard on that you hope you don't have to use. Right, Uh, right. um, We feel like our peak is going to happen sometime between April 17th and the 25th. So we're a little bit behind some of the other states. Okay, Uh, yeah. But it's it's just really hard to predict. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the word across the entire country. Um, So there is a protocol that the hospitals and the emergency groups, there's a phone call every day at 11 to just check in at how our capacity is going around the different hospitals. And as they get closer to capacity, then the facility will start to ramp up. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So if we skip ahead, say, you know, three, four, five, six months, you have to have already been planning for how you move forward from this in terms of when you can welcome back students, and that's probably next academic year, are there, I mean, are there uh, sanitizing measures that you'll need to take to convert it back to a regular rec center? Or, I mean, how is that talked about right now in these sort of planning stages? Yeah, there is an exit plan, which we actually haven't spent a lot of time on yet. But you're right, it's balancing. I mean, hopefully we can pull off some of our summer programming with camps and things like that. But yeah. We need to... Um, I will say the building is about as clean as it's been since we opened uh, just because of the extensive cleaning and sanitizing that took place as our students left. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a 
interesting process to go through. Um, um, I might want to add another yeah. element that I didn't bring up that I know a lot of my colleagues are interested in is another potential concern, and you're seeing this in New York right now, is that our hospitals don't have a lot of morgue capacity, and so the hospitals are concerned about needing additional support there, and our recreation center at UNH is attached to our ice arena, and there's talk of potentially uh, seeing that as a backup morgue space. Oh, wow. Wow. That's stark. Um, A new reality for sure. Um, In terms of while all this has been going on, you have a major crisis. Can you just give me a little bit of an idea? Like you probably have some um, student staff that have now gone home. How are you communicating with them on just sort of where the rec center, the you know, rec is at and, and how you go forward from there? Yeah, it's been tricky because you're right. Most students are not in the area. They're not allowed in the building to see what it looks like. Uh, There have been a couple different videos and pictures that have been shared. Uh, We're actually scheduled to shoot a video here this morning to share with students so that they can see what is happening with the building. Uh, But you're right. It's also then balancing with we can't wait for you to come back at the same time. Right. Yeah. 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 Two totally different scenarios that we're talking through. Sure. That's a tough, yeah. Um, Well, I thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk and um, wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you so much. AB Today is a daily e-newsletter that provides professionals within the athletics, fitness, and recreation industry with relevant, fast-reading nationwide stories. Sign up at athleticbusiness.com slash e-news and enjoy great content from Athletic Business every weekday. All right, so welcome back. Yeah, uh, interesting conversation there with Stacy. I, I do want to note, uh, Jason, that um, Stacy said to check back in a month or so and just kind of see where they're at. Um, they have, not, you know, as we, she said in the interview, they haven't activated their facility yet. They're hoping that maybe they don't have to, um, but their projections right now are, you know, middle of towards the end of April, uh, that they will likely be receiving some patients from the local hospitals. So uh, we'll check back in with her and see how things are going in about a month. Yeah, that'll be certainly interesting to follow up with her on. And, you know, just like um, everybody around the country, we're just kind of taking this uh, in stride and uh, we're we're grateful to um, Stacy and and all of the facilities, all the professionals around the country who are uh, adjusting on the fly and, and also to those on the front lines kind of handling this crisis, um, putting themselves at risk. So we, we appreciate all of you guys. And uh, we also appreciate everybody staying at home. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. And I, it, one other thing. So the May issue will be coming up. Um, and I just want to tease a little interesting conversation I had with um, the folks over at Dayton um, who were set to Dayton University that where they were set to host the uh, four play-in games for NCAA March Madness. Right, the first and, uh, Yeah, the first four. And um, really interesting conversation with them about how that arena was, the parking lot was almost overnight turned into a testing facility. So um, just, you know, all around really interesting ways that this our industries are 
taking action and helping out. You know, if it's one thing that uh, the industry can really pride itself on, it's its adaptability. And uh, yeah. so I think that we're all kind of moving on our feet here and uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how this develops. And hopefully before too long, you know, it, we know that this hurts right now, but hopefully before too long, we can get back to normal. Um, and uh, yeah, we can get back in a studio and <laughs> get yeah, back right? in person and and hopefully, uh, all of you uh, out there, all, all of you out there listening as well, can get back to normal operations. So, uh, that's going to do it uh, for this episode of the Athletic Business Podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Again, if you uh, if you like the show, please go ahead and share it with a colleague or give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. That really helps people find the show as we continue to, tr- to try and grow this thing. Um, Andy, any final thoughts? I think that's about it. We're just looking forward to getting back up and running normally and, uh, you know, shaking hands with people and seeing everybody. Right. So hopefully you're hanging in there, everybody. Uh, But until next time, take it easy. 